Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. You have now tuned into the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, Everything from... uh, I don't know all the th- goodness in uh, in uh, Luthen's antiquities shop. <laughs> uh, there's a myriad of things in there. We've got you covered. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Justin. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh. I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. I know you guys, all you uh, listeners, especially Meatloaf, um, were really sad that I wasn't mm-hmm. here, but uh, I'm back. So woo woo. Uh, and this is Kyle. Not that anyone cares, because Josh is here. So let's. <laughs> On with you the got show. Right, Kyle. <laughs> no one cares, ratings, Kyle. Ratings take a drastic turn here, upward you know. this week because Josh is back. That's all right. We, neither we neither one of our it, names so. are canon. It's fine. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. You're, uh, clo- you're probably closer with uh, Kylo, though. Mm-hmm. 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 I uh yeah I made a boo boo last week. I had switched the names of the actor and the uh the actual character he was playing. So I got Kyle's hopes hopes up. Uh, Cyril Karn is played by Kyle Solar. I had flipped them mm. last week on my notes. I will say though, Kyle, you don't want that turd to be the guy. Yeah, that brings it's true. Canada. Yeah, true. that's true. I could do yeah. better. Good point. Well, he uh he definitely got um, who he got put in a uh, corner. Yeah, it's he definitely got his sure. hand slapped by the uh, um, ISB agent there, who's also a bit of a turd in his own right. But oh, all yeah. of them are well, yeah, royal turds. But I, you job. know what? I could listen to him talk in those accents, though. Like the like, it's just awesome to listen to. Like they're very that kind of British accent, I guess. Is you would love the ISB very agent. Soothing. That's so on brand for your whole hey, your I'm, whole I, shtick, I'm, Justin. I am keeping my hopes alive that we get a young Sinjirath Velas. At some point <laughs> making an appearance because that is the one isb agent i would love to see so uh yeah we got a lot to ca- talk about uh with andor andor coming up here uh holy moly we've got a show in this it's about to escalate this week so super excited for that first we got to get to a little bit of news and notes very little not a lot going on <laughs> right now because it's pretty quiet um about the most that we had this week was uh hasbro PulseCon was Held on Friday and Saturday of this past weekend, which is a very awkward, yeah, um, a weird. I don't know. It's an awkward time for to have a con and release Whatever. a bunch of figures. But um, I feel like Hasbro doesn't the, know what the heck they're doing these days. I don't know. Yeah the Lots the pipeline misses. reveals were not great. I mean, there was a couple in there that were okay, but Josh's girl overall, got a reveal. Uh, what's what's her name here from uh, Andor? Uh, Bix Kalin yeah, or Bix. Um, Vel? Bix got a figure, didn't she? Yep. yep. Uh, Bix got a figure. Uh, Vel has a figure too. Mm-hmm. Um, who was in this week's episode? So only vintage th- collection, though. Game of Thrones fans will recognize her as the waif from GOT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Season couple game of couple Game of Thrones characters this week. I'll yeah. actually uh, say this, this show episode. has um, so far, and we're just getting started has a lot of people that i'm like oh that's that guy from that thing and that's that girl from that mm-hmm. thing and that's uh uh I, I historically i i always think of star wars as having a lot of like kind of newish actors that are not super famous from other stuff but um more and more as the 
franchise gets more sprawling and more appealing, I feel like we're getting more started with uh, Adam Driver for me. He was the first one that like uh, was really hard for me to separate him from other stuff I knew him from. Mm-hmm. But now there's a whole bunch, it seems like. Yeah, they um yeah, they they've brought in um a couple for this week too. Um Major Partigas is Anton Lesser, who is also in Game of Thrones. So there's there's a couple here. When, uh, so. Well I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but two of Vel's crew, the uh one guy was in uh Bear, the the show about the uh Chicago uh restaurant that's super popular right now, and then the the um other kid who like sits in the hammock like the soft-spoken one who fell asleep on watch mm-hmm. he's from a netflix show called um the end of the f-ing world and so uh, you know just a bunch of people that mm-hmm. i've seen in other stuff obviously scars very famous and yes for sure um yeah so we've got um anyway so hasbro yeah. <laughs> we got we got sidetracked into the show already Sorry. um hasbro though released uh, a bunch of pipeline figures they did finally post the vintage collection three pack rescue set from mando which is 75 dollars um <laughs> for three figures that they've already produced Jeez. black series Andor, and the, the packaging and isn't awesome isn't it just black and white solid it's not even fancy it well, it has like a window on it where you okay. can see, and it has like Mando and like the little flame things in the Dark Trooper, Maybe like I in was one scene, and like then the, the other was um, the band, the modal nodes, or some one of the packages. Oh, yes, sets that's in just plain white with black ink packaging. Packaging, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, they released a uh, vintage collection modal nodes. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Box sorry, that, yeah. and they're just literally Spoiler all in a box. You can't see them. Yeah, so. and it's the box isn't. It doesn't even have any nice artwork on it. Like you said, it's just yeah. it's white with a black drawing. It's not mm-hmm. good. It's the it's like a builder. They've been doing those builder packs with yeah. troopers and like putting four or five troopers in a pack. That's basically what it is. But it's the modal nodes. So it's do you think a lackluster? This, I, I, not to. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory right now with this question but do you think that hasbro is like well if we just cover up every box so you don't have so you can't see the figure i'll bet we can get a bunch of suckers to buy two of these bad boys so they can open one (laughs) up and see it and leave one in the box good that's a good point i see where you're coming from there um because otherwise why would you why would you leave the plastic on the vintage collection figures but take it off the black series figures and I, th- yeah. I think everybody was really happy with those Black Series packages that had the nice artwork on the side so you could display it sideways with the angled box and the picture or from the front where you can see the full figure. Uh, and then they changed it up. So I'm not trying to get all the people riled up, but it seems suspicious to me, like a money grab for the already $30 toys. Agreed. I- I would uh I would agree with that if if the market wasn't kind of moving towards this less or no plastic packaging thing mm. and I think they get away with it with the vintage ones because there's no way to do it and have it still fit that brand on a card back yeah yeah could yeah. be but I but but counterpoint to your counterpoint there are uh now like 
green, biodegradable, renewable, like clear plastic alternatives these days, too. Um, well, if you want Hasbro to use those, look at $45 figures. I'm just certain, saying, for I the think. price, for the <laughs> current price point, they can find a way to let you see that figure that you paid for if you want to keep it in box. I think it's insulting. Mm-hmm. Screw you. I am, uh, I'm out at that point. That's too expensive. But, uh, I mean, it's not to say that some of this stuff isn't expensive. The Black crazy. Series the Black Series and or 2-pack with uh, Cassian and B2 is $55. And it's cool packaging. It's like the... The uh, Trapper Wolf and the Heavy Mando, John Favreau. It's got the like little the slide, slide out thing, like the Cad Bane. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. So, um, at least there, it's it's covered, but you can slide it out Still, and see the figure. Tax that's, and shipping. You're over sixty bucks for Cassian exactly. and a Square Droid. I mean, come on, yep. guys. I I bought it. what kind of sucker Um, idiot would do that (laughs) (laughs) josh is raising his hand slowly i like it's fine justin probably got two no i just got i just got the one but yes i did get it um they did release uh return of the jedi 40th anniversary stuff Mm -hmm. um we did get a wicket a han a leia biker lando all Endor, all the hit figures nice packaging yep um, they did release Black Series and or figures. Uh, again, we've got a, a Vel in Vintage Collection. We've got uh, Cassian in Vintage Collection. The Black Series, I believe, was Mothma and Bix. And I think Luthen is in there, too. Mm-hmm. Luthen's yep. in there as well. So you got a nice little mix of Andor figures. And then uh, they did some pipeline figures. There was a bunch of those. I'm not going to go into all those. And then one playset, which was the Endor Shield Generator playset, which is kind of weird. I, I, weird. Yeah, I don't know that I need the Endor Vent Shield Generator I guess they set, were just trying to sure. think of something from Jedi. What a, And what else? What would have been a better playset? Would, you, would you rather um, redo like a um, Ewok Village or something? Maybe I would probably prefer that. I mean, what are you going to use the ATST that doesn't stand on its own two legs in the <laughs> with I'm, the shield generator playset? Because it doesn't really stand on its own. I promise you, you, you have, have to either or something. print a stand or you have to lean it against a wall because it is Oof. darn near impossible to get to stand on its own. So, um, yeah, it's it's not easy. But that was about it from Hasbro PulseCon. Mm-hmm. It was not. Um, not super exciting. Is that the first Mon Mothma figure? Is there are there other ones out there? I don't have one. I've not. I don't. I can't think of one off I'm, the top. There's got to be. She's been in so much stuff. I think it might be there's, the first Black series though. Um, good question. I don't know. I thought there was one out there, um, of her before, but I, I'm not sure. I I I might have it. I don't know. Hmm. I'd have to check. So. But yeah, it was uh, oh, yeah, not a super exciting reveal. Uh, which one is it from her? Um, there's a there's a Power of the Force one. There's a Revenge of the Sith one too. Hmm. But not a not a Black Series. Not even a f- previous Black Series from no Return there's of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm seeing the Powers of the huh. Force one, and then I'm seeing the uh, I don't know what it's called with like the kind of Macquarie looking Vader in the back and the bubble. Like yeah, no, it's giant, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's thing. the Revenge of the Sith one. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I swore I could have sworn there was one, but maybe not. Okay. Well, good. Good for Mon Mothma. I'm Make all about it. it. She's the, uh her yeah. her storyline in this is 
very interesting to me and yes. her husband is a turd we'll get to that i guess but go ahead <laughs> yes, Josh, we, what do you got? yeah we got that um i just wanted to say which ones i got uh <laughs> okay lay it on us so uh i picked up uh I, as i already said i got the the b2 emo and cassian uh slider pack one i picked up mon mothma um obviously bix um and, and then i also got the uh wicket uh return of the jedi one because we in this house we usually buy all ewok and mon calamari things okay um, i didn't know i I, did not... I knew that about the mon calamari i didn't know you guys were um an ewok family as well yeah no tab loves ewok so okay she doesn't like love the movies but she appreciated them so um yeah. the ewok movies but uh i did not pick up luthan i was like when i saw the price i was like I got, oh, and I got. I also got um, Axe Wolves because Mandos. Mm. Um, although it annoyed me because Axe Wolves uh, has this helmet off in the packaging, and you can see his face because he's, uh, you know, not from this line. Mm-hmm. So they they didn't uh, switch over. And I'm like, Casca uh, Reeves has her helmet on. You can't see that figure's face in the packaging. Like mm. she no has it off this- in the. Um- Vintage collection, though. Yeah, but not yeah, in but the, not black, the series. black series. And I'm like, it's no crazy. one wants to see this dude's face. We want to see a Mercedes face. Not between the two. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, well, he didn't even. So this, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the sh- the sideshow when they released the Axe Wolves character. He had his helmet on. Hmm. They didn't. But it's not a removable helmet either because he hadn't released his likeness oh. for them to use it. So I don't know if that has Dumb. something to do with it. I, You'd think it would be the opposite, it's though, weird. if that were the yeah, case. Yeah, like, why is it on in some and off in the others? I don't know. So, huh. um, yeah, so I, there's obviously a lot of figures coming out from Hasbro. I'm not going to go into the pipeline stuff because they had a whole bunch of pipeline figures that they like to show off, and you're not going to see them for another year and a half, maybe, yeah. or even a pre-sale for we'll like another year. We'll talk about that so, later. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I really want to get into this episode because we do have a lot to talk about here with a little show called Andor. And this intro music was dope. Like, with the logo coming, it was like hardcore, a little drum line in there. Then you hit it with that, like, kind of soft tones coming over it. Um, yeah, this intro has tricked me, like, a bunch of times. I think, like, oh, yeah. we're going to some point. Oh, wait, never mind. That's just the logo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's um, it's cool because it's it. They've changed it. Like every episode, it changes a little bit. Like they tweaked it from the first one to the third one, and this one was completely different. Obviously, you're getting into a little more dicey, uh, dicey stuff here. So they like ratcheted up the music, and it goes well with it. So, uh, directed by Susanna White, um, writer is Tony Gilroy. Cast most of the people that we saw. Uh, or some of the people that we saw in the previous three episodes, a lot of them not in this episode that we saw in the previous episodes, and a, it was like a line change in hockey. Like, we had a whole influx of new characters. Yeah, they didn't do this any um, of the the flashback stuff, so we got a lot of new situations mm-hmm. going on here. And really, um, Luthen. Although we already knew him, he was playing his like sort of alter ego character there on Coruscant too. So he was sort of a new character, even though it was the same person. Yep, yep. Um, we get uh, you know obviously 
Cyril Karn is in this one again. Kyle Soler, um, who plays him, is in this. Uh, Chief Hine is back briefly. Luthen, predominantly in this episode, we do get a little bit of Linus Mosk for a brief appearance as he's getting chewed out. Um, Dedra Miro, who is played by Denise Gao, is a new character. Major Partigaz is uh, played by Anton Lesser. Uh, Lieutenant Supervisor Blevin is Ben Bailey Smith. Vel Sartha, who is is pretty badass character, uh, played by Faye Marseille. Um, Lieutenant Gorn, who comes in a little bit later uh, in the episode towards the end uh, to meet up with this rebel group, uh, Sule Rimi. And then uh, Mon Mothma, obviously, is Genevieve O'Reilly. And then her... I don't even, is that her husband or boyfriend, Perrin Furtha, played by Alistair McKenzie, Turd Nugget. We'll just change his name permanently to Turd Nugget. Yeah, I think that's her husband. Uh, and he <laughs> he is lame. He is the worst. I I, uh, <laughs> I almost, is there some like political reason that they're still together? Because he just seems like yeah, terrible. I, he said he was inviting the governor over who was his former regiment buddy. Yeah. So apparently they were enlisted together on Chandrilla or something Whatever. at some point in time and they served together and they're buddies, but then he brought in a whole bunch of other people that suck. So, um, but that's, that's where we're at. We had a, again, a line change of characters in this episode. We lost Bix. We lost Tim. We lost all that whole group back on, Ferrix uh and put in lost him put in a a new group here so um you know before we get in i I got a lot of audio from this episode so wherever you guys want to go i am happy to dive into and play some clips um but first i want to get your overall impressions and and josh i'm gonna start with you because we didn't have you on last week to kind of discuss the first three episodes but since we're now four in and we had the addition of this one, I just wanted to get your overall thoughts on the show so far, the characters, what your overall take is impressions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I I'm super stoked. Like this is kind of something that I've always wanted. It's like in star Wars, but it's not, it's you know it's a story in star wars but it feels more real world and it's not um all the trappings are there but it's like it almost seems completely separate because there's there are things that we come to expect from star wars that's missing and i just i really like in a in the best way and and i and i like that and i'm excited that it seems like it's ramping up and there's and there's still just enough stuff in here to make me go Ooh, like uh, DiCaprio meme, like pointing at the screen. Like mm-hmm. I, I squealed mm-hmm. when um when he mentioned the the Rakatans. I was like, is that yes. the first canon? Is that the first canon mention of them? Like you know, and it's just like, yep. They keep building all the, the the and all of the planet mentions and stuff. Like there's there's little things there, and it's like um, there were a couple of times where I was like, wait, rewind that. And so it wasn't like mm-hmm. it wasn't like uh the fan service was still there. But it wasn't like, oh look, there's C three PO. Why is he here? Like, you know, yeah. it was it yeah. was things that made sense and were real subtle. Um, and I love the political intrigue. Like, um, I was yeah. not one of the people that was complaining about trade disputes uh, in 1999. So, um, I I love this kind of like machinations stuff. That's so I'm excited. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, you had a good take on it there too, Josh. That you know this this is still Star Wars. I've seen um, a lot of the crotchety people go, "This isn't Star Wars. There's no Jedi." There's everybody needs to realize like this is ninety five percent of what was happening across the galaxy. This the is Jedi and everything that's else was like that's two percent. Like. I know that much, much less because we're talking that's about Kanan, Ezra, Ahsoka, and Luke, and that's like it. Like, yes, and Luke doesn't even know this yet. This is this is the majority of what was happening across the galaxy in these planets and on these worlds. It, it had nothing to do with Jedi and uh, Force users and et cetera, et cetera. This is real people dealing with these real issues, and to me, this is very much Star Wars. Tab has a little bit of trouble with the timeline. And so we usually, with any show, when we're first starting it multiple times within the first couple episodes, I have to remind her like where we're at. And mm-hmm. never fails. Is Yoda alive right now? <laughs> Indeed, he is. Every time. Actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. I was like, actually, Tab, we've seen very little uh, Star Wars so far where Yoda's not alive. Like I said, you know, the Mandoverse stuff and the sequels. If That's if it's it. anything yeah. before that, he's still alive. He was alive for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> including the High Republic. He's he's alive in that too. Yep. And then he's not alive in the sequels, but we still saw him because he still he's shows Yoda. Up. Yeah. Because yep. all, always yep. awesome. Got to do it. So now, so he, this... he was not alive during the Rakatan uh, Empire. He was not alive then. That was well before Yoda was born. Excuse me, sir. They have been established that they existed in this in canon. Yes. We do not know when it happens. Uh, good point. Good point. So that's true. In good point. The legends version. In the legends, yeah, no, I, obviously, we yes. are talking twenty-five to thirty thousand years uh, before Battle of Yavin. Um, Yoda was not even a blip on the radar at that point. But you're right. In in, in this mention, this could have happened. Yeah, we don't maybe know shortly yet. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, High Republic uh, could have happened after High Republic. Uh, we don't know. It's just a mention. Doesn't necessarily make everything that was Legends canon. It just makes the Rakatans canon. Yeah, and this is our first mention that. So they were mentioned one other time in uh, the Clone the Wars, Star Wars, build the Millennium Falcon forty seven uh, book or whatever that is. Um, I'm actually not sure what Some that kids. is. It's like a kids. Um, uh, like activities um, book, I think, and I'm not mm-hmm. even sure what the mention was. Yeah, it's a, it's a magazine. Mm. Um, but this mm. is our first like mention in something that's not like a print, like weird print thing. Nice. And since we're talking about it, this current time, the current, the main timeline of Andor, not the flashbacks, is taking place five years before the Battle of Yavin, which is season one of rebels um so clearly mm-hmm. this is that to me season one of rebels because i'm so familiar with it helps that really put it in like a specific time frame and since i know uh exactly what the ghost crew was doing and how they were operating as like a single cell they didn't even know there were there was a larger rebellion out there uh maybe Hera did a little bit but uh that kind of frames that for me personally so we know that there are people out there who are really not happy but largely uh 
the galaxy is just kind of plugging along under this tyrannical, oppressive dictatorship or whatever. I thought this show, this episode in particular, did a great job of linking a lot of the things that we know are going on that we've already seen or read about through all of the shows, animated, mm-hmm. live action, the books, et cetera. Um, you know, including in the ISB meeting, there's a mention of Ryloth and Scarif. Um, uprisings on Ryloth. There's increased uh, traffic going to Scarif, building traffic going to Scarif. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the very beginning of this, and I'll play this clip, it's Luthen and Cassian on his ship. Um, and they kind of have this discussion between the two of them of, um, who Luthen actually is uh, to Cassian here, and I'll play that here. What's powering this? I've been in a Fondor Holcroft. I've flown them. Never seen one do that. Well, it's been a day of surprises for all of us. You're bleeding on my floor. Fix your Stop arm. that. What's all Danny? That depends. I haven't agreed to do anything but save my skin. Hmm. Um, here you are with your skin. What's that? Mad Nog. Need some this of this. Is, uh, Perhaps you got alternatives I'm not aware of. Seems to me you have two choices. Either I drop you somewhere and you start running, or you come with me and help with something important. And of course, you could try and kill me and take the ship. Hmm. Let's go with uh, option three, kill you and take the ship. That was uh, actually the, the first clip, uh, the second clip. The second clip is where Cassian calls out Luthen kind of for what he is. Um, but I love the reference to Mednog there. I could probably, it sounds like it's a, just like a little bit of, of drinky drink with some, uh, like some Robitussin, I think. Right. For you. <laughs> right. Help heal you on the inside. Some of that uh, this, in ne- this, uh, this next clip is uh, Luthen and Cassian. It's a little longer. It's the second part of this, this journey on the ship. Yeah, it's uh, it was a little bit longer of a clip, but um, it it had some uh, interesting drops in it. I wondered who you were. Right here. Yep. Who am I? Alliance, Sep, Guerrilla, Partisan Front. One of them. Isn't it all the same? It is. All to the me. groups we're used to seeing. Do you agree? <laughs> no. I think it's all useless. Better to spit on their food and steal their trinkets. It's better to leave. Better to eat, sleep, do what you want. You don't know me. You don't know me? I fought in Mimban when I was 16. Two years of it. Straight out of prison into the mud. I'm one of 50 that survived. And who did it turn out we were fighting? (sighs) Ourselves. So please. You were on the ground in Mimban for six months. You came in as a cook. Busted. You lived because you ran. But you're right about one thing. The Empire had you fighting each other. Which should make you hate them all the more. And you do. I said I know you. I know the outside. I know what people tell me when I ask. The rest I imagine. I imagine your hate. I imagine that no matter what you tell me or tell yourself, you'll ultimately die fighting these mm. bastards. 
He does what hate I'm the Empire. Wouldn't you rather give it all at once to something real than carve off useless pieces till there's nothing left? I didn't risk my ass for the Starpath unit. I came for you. There you go. He's got bigger, bigger schemes in mind. He's he's Luthen is uh ready to make the play that's gonna to try to I think that get on the map and I think that says like big. way more about Cassian than Luthen. Uh because he's not bought into this at all. Like he he does hate the Empire. It's I think it's personal for him. Uh but he like Luthen was saying, he really just wants to whatever survive out there in this world and maybe uh robin hood steal from the empire to get by kind of deal but he's not bought into the cause he's not interested in putting himself on the line for the greater good or to try Mm -hmm. and take down this empire because he believes it's the right thing to do and i when we get to the Cassian we were introduced to in Rogue One is very much in that place. So I think yeah. clearly we're setting up this story. We've got the the flashbacks where this is why, th- this is how he got to this point where he hates the Empire and how he acquired this skill set because he was adopted by this woman who's kind of like out here running around scavenging and taking care of herself. She obviously knows some things. So he acquired this skill set and this hatred of the empire. But now we're going to find out how he gets bought into the actual cause of the rebellion rather than, because there's two different things. Like you can hate the empire, but actually taking up arms and joining the rebellion to stand against Mm -hmm. them. That's a whole other level of thing. That's like, that's going beyond like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to vote him out next time. You know what I mean? It's like a whole other level of commitment. (laughs) So I think, that that's yeah. my big takeaway from that story is like Cassian is not the person that we think of it like it, it, we see that he's the same person but he's not in the place that he is when we came to like know and love him in Rogue One when he's ready to to die to get those Death Star plans. He today in this episode he would not die to get the Death Star plans. I right. I think he would just find a way to to get out and save his skin. And I think Luthen's learning a little bit about Cassian's skill set here, right? Like, I think he, he had heard of him and he knew what he was doing. And he's like, hey, this guy's good at sneaking. He can get in. He can get out. He can find what you need. And then in this conversation, he's kind of learning, okay, Cassian's actually a pretty good liar. He's good at deceiving people. And if it wasn't, and if he didn't know his backstory, he would have been like, maybe totally bought that whole Mimban stuff, Right. But he knew him and he's like, no, he's like, yeah, you were a Mimbom, but you were a cook and you survived because you ran away. He's like, but you're good at getting escaping and getting out of things. And um, and then when he kills the two security officers, he knew, OK, he's not afraid to go down that path. Do he's not afraid work, to pull the as they say. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so now he's like, OK, so I don't just have a thief on my hands. I have a legitimate mercenary who can do the job that I need him to do, but also go a little extra if he has to. Um, do we think that was the first time Cassian had killed somebody? That scene there in uh, in the first episode? What are our thoughts there on that, guys? I think so. I think potentially, he, yes. 
he didn't react like he's done it before. Yeah, I think that was the first yeah, time for him. Yeah, and I, I think he had. And the first genuine, first time was an accident. The the first guy that just that he oh, kind yeah, of punched yeah, yeah, in the yeah. face or headbutted or whatever he did there. The second guy, I think, was more of a scared reaction. Uh, he had to. Um, he, and he was concerned. Yeah, he had to at that point because he was like, well, I can't just walk in with this guy and fake up a lot, make up a lie because they're going to believe I mean, this guy, not me. He could have knocked him out and ran, I guess. But like, and his, his genuine concern to get off the planet and try to get away after that because he knew what he did, I think you're right. I think that was his first, potentially his first kill. So, so um, and First we, we, kill. Yeah. And <laughs> kill we get, uh, we, uh So can I... <laughs> Uh, I got a question for you guys while we're while uh, while mm-hmm. I've got the floor with my hilarious joke. Um, <laughs> wh- so we've got I get the the three main story points we're looking at here. We've got like um, Cassian meeting Vel and her group, and he's setting up for this heist situation. We've got the ISB agents, and they're kind of like interpersonal situations and jockeying for power and the one who essentially it seems to me like she was like the equivalent of like the new york detective that gets called up to the fbi or something like she was like a a street patrolman who now is in the big leagues and they don't necessarily really Mm -hmm. respect her but she as we the viewer know she actually knows what she's talking about and she is way ahead of the empire on this but so there's all that business and then we've also got um also taking place uh there at the capital mon mothma and she's talking to luthan and all that like political intrigue stuff what did you got what were you guys the most interested in? What part of those three like main storylines? And I guess we can count the flashback stuff too, where we're getting um Cassian's backstory. So that makes four of these four main plot lines. What is the thing that you're like, man, I really need some more of this coming up next? Like what are you really into the most? Josh, do you want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh building the robot. Okay building the rebellion uh like on Coruscant like that's that's the thing mm-hmm. that I'm like what all of the whatever secret stuff um our girl Mon Mothma is doing that's that's the thing I'm most yeah. excited by cuz I like I've said, I've I've said it every time we hit this era like I love seeing this like young empire era although I guess this isn't yep. as young but it's still there's still like you know, they're still figuring stuff out. It's this not is the it's end still... of the, this is the end of the empire. It's the young rebellion. Yeah. yeah. Mid so we'll, we'll only... call this the mid the mid empire. I mean, not right? by math, but yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't I mean, because isn't the really Yeah. Um Yeah, that's uh no, my I'm eight out of twenty. I mean that's we're in half that political intrigue and everything that's going on in the Senate and kind of Luthen and his, I'm going to say at this point, because I have a question at the end here as part of my three questions, but uh, you know, his job and what he does and kind of how he fits into all this. Cause he's, he's not a Senator obviously, but um, he is on Coruscant. He has a very intriguing job. And uh, that's more honestly what I want to see than the mission and all the side stuff and um, 
you know, as, as cool as, as the seeing kind of the inner internal workings of the empire are, I, I'm much more interested in the political stuff that's going on. So, hmm. um, yeah, you're, uh, you're right though, Kyle, this is, uh, the ISB political in not political infighting, the infighting of the structure of the empire is very different than what we would see at the rebellion when it's developed, right? You clearly have people jockeying for a position, um, trying to get power within the structure itself. Whereas the, the rebellion it's, Hey, I've got a job to do mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it regardless of rank and whatever I need to do my job. I think um, the rebellion runs into like some similar kind of issues with things like, uh, like you'll have, um, Sagarera and his people butting heads with Mon Mothma and her Correct. people in the different cells that don't really communicate well and don't share information and all those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, it's it's different. And uh, yeah. these ISB agents are just the worst. Man. <laughs> they are terrible. Speaking of uh, ISB agents, let's uh, dive into Major Partigaz here a little bit. And uh, I'm going to play a clip from him in this first ISB meeting. What do we do here? Sir? What is our purpose, Legret? On our Vala 6? I open the question to the room. What do we do in this building? Why are we here? Anyone? We're here to further security objectives by collecting intelligence, providing useful analysis, and conducting effective covert action, sir. Very good, Dedra. That is verbatim from the ISB mission statement and wrong. Totally wrong. (laughs) Completely wrong. Security is an illusion. You want security? Call the Navy. Launch a regiment of troopers. We are healthcare providers. We treat sickness. We identify symptoms. We locate germs, whether they arise from within or have come from the outside. The longer we wait to identify a disorder, the harder it is to treat the disease. Do you understand my meaning, Legret? Yes, sir. Don't trouble yourself writing the memorandum. I'll reassign it. You're fired. Levitch, Morlana Sector. This incident on Ferrix. Corporate security, sir. They're still in charge out there. They tried to serve a warrant and ran into more trouble than they'd anticipated. Trouble meaning what? Several dead, property damage, interruption of service. A stolen Imperial Starpath unit was recovered at the scene. Those Mm. responsible? Unknown, sir. I'm heading out immediately after this meeting. We'll speak before you leave. We'll speak before you leave. If even the Empire is offering universal (laughs) health care, that's an even worse look for us than I thought. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean his his analogy to what the ISB is is not wrong, right? Like they're looking to weed out sickness internally and externally and eradicate. And doing a piss poor job um, of it, might I add. Because yeah, uh um, they leak like a sieve. Uh, point case in point, there's like always imperial spies by like there's many of them. And the one girl who's actually onto it, she's like, hey, guys, do an investigative work. There's similar. (laughs) They're stealing similar tech in similar ways from all these different places. It seems like an organized rebellion. Oh, you idiot. (laughs) Stupid girl. Yeah. You've only been here (laughs) a year. You don't know what you're talking about. So ISB is really dropping I'm on board. And he, he clarifies it. Um, later on that they base their decisions on hard fact and what they have not gut instinct which is what she 
basically references in her conversation. I had with, a little uh, bit Lieutenant of Blevin and him later like, on issue with that conversation. I don't know, like between this, the this two initial meeting or, or the, that one the you three just of them said where we operate in okay. facts. Like I don't between the two people, the woman and her boss, and and then myself. One of us is confused because they are. I have document stating all the all this tech that was stolen and where it was stolen from and the similarities about it those seem like facts to me are those not facts mm-hmm. like what i i maybe agree. i hear feel me, like they're connected isn't a fact but like i, I don't know yeah. i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here and I'll, I'll let me play that conversation real quick this is later on in the episode where basically partigas has a, a meeting i mean the with, point uh, is he's blowing her off and he doesn't respect her and, but like, yeah 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 so here's them jockeying for position speak she's speak. demanding the raw data from the incident on ferrix the starpath unit that was recovered at the scene has been traced to a theft at an airbase under my jurisdiction sir she's overreaching to increase the size of her portfolio Ooh. she should spend more time on the security at her bases and less furthering her career sick burn lieutenant mirror the stolen mm-hmm. item has great value sir particularly to the rebels tracing its theft might expose activity in my sector people also take things for money do they not is it worth That's creating as much intra-office friction theft in the pursuit theft. of what seems like a straight-up case of a robbery gone awry? Sir, it is my feeling that this is part of an ongoing effort to steal proprietary imperial equipment in anticipation of an organized rebellion. She's I have three wrong. previous case files on my desk that begin to previous suggest a case files. Appealing. Previous yes. case I'm files. I'm seeing These signs of coordinated activity over a number of sectors. What activity? Similar items of interest, repeated methods... Gut instinct. You came to us from enforcement. Repeated methods. Here, we act on vetted and verified information. Alert me when this materializes into something more definite. Until then, confine future activities to your sectors. Thank you, Lieutenant. It's more symptoms of the thing that Cassian was saying in the first episode that we saw in all those teaser trailers and all that stuff. It's Mm -hmm. they're, they're so arrogant that they don't believe anything could really go wrong they're more concerned about their own agents like creating some problem internally because we do hear a lot of stories about isb agents uh cracking down on other imperial officers uh they don't Mm -hmm. really catch people outside of (laughs) their own ranks all that often it doesn't seem like but um but it's just more evidence of like, no, nothing can really go that wrong. So we're going to take the path of least resistance. If we can assume it's not a big deal, we're going to assume it's not a big deal. Somebody stole something. They just stole it to sell it and make some money, whatever, write it off. Boom, boom, wash our hands of it. We don't want to invest the time or the resources. And we don't want to admit that something bad could go wrong because we're so big we can't fail anyway. So sweep it under the rug and move on. It's the exact same move that the uh, whatever blue shirt boss was trying to do in episode one. Uh, They didn't, they, they were somewhere where they shouldn't have been doing some stuff they shouldn't do. Sweep it under the rug. Let's wash our hands of it and get our whatever government funding and move on. And that's the whole thing. It's like, you can do all these things because they're going to refuse to believe it's even happening or admit or, right. or recognize, you know, yep. I was on board with the guy saying, we don't need to do anything about those two dudes that are at For the sure. brothel. For sure. But, yeah. yeah. But they also, the they also killed, like they also got murdered. So right. if, if your job that's is law right. enforcement, which I mean, 
you can take whatever opinion on that you choose. But if your job is law enforcement and someone got murdered, I can't really like no matter how much you can kind of say these people were breaking a bunch of laws like you can't you're really not supposed to just say, well, these people got murdered, but they were bad. So it's fine. We can just let that murderer go away. That's that's just not a great look. (laughs) <laughs> and that was the that was the issue that um that was the issue that Karn had with the chief was yeah. like, dude, what you're not doing anything about this. Mm-hmm. And the chief's going, Well, look, if you we do this, then other things could happen. And actually I, I've got um this was a fun conversation with uh Lieutenant Blevin to the three the three idiots that tried to yeah, well, he was wrong. He just own. wasn't wrong about those guys being jerks that were in the wrong place breaking a bunch of laws. You know, he was right about right. all that. Right. <laughs> Yep, here's Blevin. You will immediately relinquish any and all comlinks, weapons, and scandocks. You will not return to your living quarters. Ooh. You will leave here and be escorted with haste to the transfer with center, haste. where you'll be issued with any personal items that the Imperial inspectors have had time to inventory. You will hollow certify receipt of said items. You will hollow certify confirmation of the official ISB after action report TPS detailing reports. your involvement and culpability mm. in said Ferrix incident. <laughs> Questions? No. Nope. <laughs> no, you will not waste further Imperial time reading the report. But I've had Ooh. nothing to do with this. Well, exactly. What a whiny little bit response. Well, I didn't even it do took anything. It the combined ingredients of idiocy, ineptitude, and total disengagement for this farce to have reached the full apex of incredulous disaster. Seriously? The guy sticks his hand up. <laughs> My files are filled with corporate security fiascos, but this takes the prize. And you, Deputy Inspector Khan. Proud, are we? Take solace in this. You will not be replaced. You've rung the final bell on corporate independence. As of this morning, the Milana system is under permanent imperial authority. Ouch. Congratulations on that. And that is that is not what you want. Um because things get a lot worse for the people on that planet when the Imperial Authority comes in. Um see Governor Price on uh Lothal um when she screwed a whole bunch of stuff up and basically they just said, All right, you can't deal with these people on your own. You need help. So uh yeah, they you know what the one thing I will say is is the ISB is super efficient in how they run these meetings. I wish I had meetings at work like this that just came in and boom 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 you're done and then I'm gone. I would save me another 30 minutes to an hour. Uh you know, I think <laughs> regularly. That, you know, as work. as someone who works in like a sometimes horrible corporate environment. <laughs> I felt the same way. Like, was my deep, like, right? <laughs> oh, can we just, like, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? Okay, we're yes. done. But it's also like, it was a little demeaning and he didn't actually put any thought <laughs> into what they were saying. And, like, I don't know. It was, I don't, oh, I don't didn't know care. if it was they great were, at all. Yeah. <laughs> they were getting scolded there. The first uh, meeting, the part of the partigas meeting, right? When he's in the big room yeah. with all of them and the one guy's like, dude, you haven't filed your report yet. Don't even bother with filing it because you can't do it. Yeah. I'm going to have this person do it. That kind of meeting to me was fantastic. Like, I would love that. I go in there, boom, 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 get it done and gone. But uh, that's not, not the way that we work. So, um, but yeah, these three are clearly in trouble. Um, big boo boo. They're getting demoted. Uh, what is it? Um, 
Karn goes back home. I think they're getting full on fired. Mommy. <laughs> yeah. His mom like slaps him in the face. I'll and bet he hasn't, hugs I, him. I bet he hasn't been to see her in like eight, 10 years or something stupid. Like he probably has yeah, just been work, work, working and that's why she was mad and whatever. But now he's jobless. Yeah, and homeless, I don't know. So he had to go crawling back to mom. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but, um, you know, she was mad and then happy. So I don't know. A lot going on there, but um, let's go back a little bit here and let's go talk about uh, the Kuwati Kyber crystal um, that leads to a giant reference here. Um, and again, we we talked, we alluded to it a little bit in the beginning. Um, this is a shorter clip, but uh, this is kind of what um, what uh, Luthen talks about. Take this. What is it? It's a down payment. It's a Kuwati signet, blue kyber, skystone, the ancient world. It celebrates the uprising against the Rakatan invaders. Don't take less than 50,000 for it. Just know it will always be worth more to me. I want it back when this is over. Hmm. If I live, I want it back. This is, um... This is very interesting. Dude's just walking around with a blue kyber crystal. Um, you know, that he willingly just gives up. Well, it's got some kind of this personal is, significance to him, obviously. Fake. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but um, he, he, it was the down payment for because he promised Cassian money. And I think the deal was half yes. up front, half when you're done, but he doesn't actually have the money. So, yeah. Um, and I want to follow that though, because we meet Vel, right? Uh, Luthen goes out and talks to Vel here, um, kind of explaining to her, like, look, you're, you're not going to have a merc with your crew. Uh, they've clearly been setting this up for months, this mission up for months. And then he's trying to introduce somebody three days before they're supposed to go ahead with this mission. Um, and she is not happy about it. But, um, once Cassian comes out, you know, she he meets uh, Vel and they start their hike back to the camp. Um, this was kind of an interesting bit of dialogue between Vel and Cassian. Who is he? You should have asked him that when you had the chance. He told me you were the boss and you wouldn't like my being here. That's about all I know. He is something we will never discuss. When we get to camp, we're going to tell them this was my idea and we've been planning it all the while. We never mention him. If you change that in any way, you and I are going to have a big problem. Um, interesting bit of dialogue there. He is something we will never discuss. Not someone, something. Do we think that is alluding to what he is doing with it, like starting, trying to start the rebellion? Or do we think that's something more? Do we think they're related? Uh, neither. I think it's just the way she turned that phrase. And he, she is the only one in her crew that knows about him because uh, he has to stay separated from all these things as much as possible. Uh, yeah. And so they just can't talk about it. I don't think the... I, I think it's just she was given like a smart aleck response to his question and phrased it that way. I don't think the he is something has any deeper meaning to it than that okay maybe i'm wrong but that was <laughs> no i'm i'm with you i think it's i think it's just uh yeah that she's he's i don't even know that her 
group no, yeah her group doesn't even know where their funding or support comes from no well then and it was yeah. like she was saying we're sleeping in the dirt and eating whatever and like, i think they they assume they don't have any funding or support i think even though mm-hmm. like she was probably getting intel from from him and presenting it as her own or something like that taking a few yeah. liberties here but i think that's i think that's pretty close Yep. Um, and we got, like I said earlier, we got some of that in, in Rebels too. You know, uh, Hera was explaining that to Sabine that there's all this separation and people don't know who other people are on purpose. So they can't, they can't give each other away. They can't, it's, you know, protecting themselves, less likely to get caught. And just like Mon Mothma was saying, there's spies everywhere and everybody's being watched. And, uh, he is operating, as we saw on Coruscant, in his in his uh, disguise there. Um, <laughs> With his wig, <laughs> yeah. That that he's it's a good hiding. Wig too. I mean, I he he's hiding look- right in the belly of the beast. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, he's got to be careful. Yeah, he. Um, they're clearly, you know, when we get to his shop um, on Coruscant, and th- that was one of the coolest scenes. Um, in this and and it's it's you know for people that that have watching this show and it like are picking up on these things like it is not fan service to see this stuff in the background it this fits right in with what this would be and and i think it's i think amazing. it's both like, the, i think it is fan service but it's also honest oh, it's yeah. fine like it fits but i, I mean Let's be real. They could have invented in something shop, that nobody's ever heard of and put it back there too. The fact that it is these things that people know about is fan service. Very true. Very true. In kind. his shop, though, you see clearly see a Calicori, some form of Calicori there, which we know from Rebels. Um, we see some Mandalorian armor um, sitting there. I don't know whose it was or where it came from, but there is clearly some kind of Mandalorian armor. There is a um, Gungan shield in the background it has the you know the wick outline of it there's a gungan shield sitting there the one he discusses the utapowan monk monk cudgel which looks absolutely brutal as a weapon um it was a meat there is a was that not a meat tenderizer (laughs) for very long steaks your your granite countertops (laughs) would not last long with that as a meat tenderizer um and then you see there is clearly star killer like armor sitting there albeit with a very spiky mohawk but it is eerily eerily close to resembling and Starkiller's i couldn't armor. tell for sure if that thing the spiky thing wasn't right behind it either I'd, like maybe it was coming out of I the thought it was like a big it mohawk standing behind it i couldn't tell for sure just by looking yeah um and then obviously the big one the stones when uh i can't remember her name the assistant and the the driver go over to look at the coins you see the three stones there with the signs of the father this the hands the father the son the, the daughter Holy Spirit. Cle- yeah from the no. from the mortis arc Clea was uh that it is not name. i am not i don't think these are the same ones these are not what they extracted from uh lothal i think right these are different or came from a different area i would guess um but they're there they're sitting there um and it was just kind of a cool nod um even the one that um you know the stone that they talked about in the end was kind of cool it wasn't uh i don't know if it was a reference to something else anywhere else but he he talks about the two-faced divinity the sun goddess and the serpent sharing the same mouth 
which is much like what Luthen and Mothma are doing right now, where they're mm-hmm. pretending to be one thing. They're using the same mouth, but ref, you know, being two different people. There was a lot of yeah, stuff. That, um, I thought that was the coolest thing. That whole scene there in his uh, whatever galactic antiquities and objects of interest store mm-hmm. there was uh, my very favorite part. Uh, they're being the very discussion? slick and secretive. The store itself was cool. The fact that not only is he wearing a disguise, but he has like a full on alter ego. They did that great little scene on his ship where he was like getting into character and working on his mannerisms a little bit. And um, clear, he's got his assistant who obviously knows exactly what's going on. She's, she's running 100% interference. in on it. And she's running interference on the drivers. Cause she mm-hmm. recognized that this was a new driver. So he's not cool. Uh, the, and the, the whole way they played that was just very slick. And then the, you know, the store itself was very cool. Uh, I, I'm just into that. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, the heist I'm sure will be cool, whatever. That's fun. And the ISB agents, like I'm sure that blonde lady's going to have an, I told you so moment at some point, but, uh, I, I'm into this so. Mon, Mon Mothma, Luthen, um, mm-hmm. secret organization of the rebellion stuff, big time. Yep. And I have that, uh, that conversation here. It's a very, um, intense conversation. Two faced divinity. 14,000 years old. The sun goddess. And a serpent from the overworld sharing the same mouth. <laughs> if you can't deliver, I need to know. Do you think I'm not trying? I never think that. But I need to start planning if you're no longer coming through for us. The money's there. It's just getting very dangerous to move it around. I can't pull funds the way I used to. They're watching me now. No, they're watching everyone. This is different. They're everywhere. There's a new spy every day at the Senate. I visit the bank. They're all new faces. You got a new driver. Mm. I feel under siege. Being watched. I have many mouths to feed. I can only forage for so long. I found someone I think can help me. Dun, dun, dun. Someone who? To bring into the circle? No. I know what I'm asking. No. We're vulnerable enough. We need funding, not more people to worry about. Don't lecture me on vulnerability. No one's more at risk than I am. You think I haven't thought this through? I'd be the first one to fall. Oof. She's not wrong. Question, who do we think she wants to bring into the fold? That's what I was going to ask. I don't think it's Bale. I think he's already in it. Uh, the senator from Naboo. Ah, mm. okay. You think... Mr. Binks. Hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Binks. It could he's got to make up for uh, installing the emperor. I mean... Could be. Needs a redemption arc. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that it's Bale, because I'm assuming he, he's already in it at this point. Um, he's in the circle. Presumably. Uh, right? I, presumably. I, I mean, this is... I would think Bale would have been in it as long as Mon Mothma. I would have thought those two were the main organizers. Uh, I, I mean, cause he's been, Bale's been against this since the very, very beginning. We know that from the prequels right. he was. So I'd be surprised if it was him, but I don't know. I can't think of anybody else that we would like immediately recognize either as like, ah, architect of the rebellion. Just throwing this out there. 
live introduction of Senator Rio Tucci. What if it's a what if it's a Mon Calamari? <laughs> it could be. They were they're I, I, crucial I'm to the rebellion, to but we don't get a lot of them. We only get them from like the military side that but they had to be involved yeah. on the, you know, kind of underground movement too. It's the delegate from Malastare. I know, it's time will tell. We'll um, <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet it's somebody we don't know yet. I I, I, I worry think... that next week they're going to let this storyline simmer and make us wait <laughs> on it, and we're going to get more flashback stuff. That could be. Yep. Uh, maybe yeah, not. I don't know. But that's um, my, like, oh, I hope they don't make us wait another week for that. Yeah. Um, I did love, you know, the different views of Coruscant that we got in this episode. People have been wanting some um, live action Coruscant again for a long time. Yeah. Speaking of live action, the sets, the sets and the architecture that they've used uh, so far in this show have been gorgeous. Um, you know, doing anything in the Scottish Highlands. Yeah. That's the stuff that <laughs> makes really, everything really look stands so out huge. To me. The, I mean, the, the idea of being on Coruscant is cool. I mean, the CG buildings, whatever, but, the those big wide open fields and whatever yeah. fjords and plains and whatever they've got going on out there <laughs> looks uh, that stuff's really cool yeah yep um all right well let's dive into three questions here i'll start with a simple one uh where do we think cyril karn's gonna end up after all this he's clearly been demoted or at least on leave for a little bit um where do we think uh he ends up and how does he get back into the fold in this show because i can't imagine he's done Josh, you have a theory? Uh, I th- well, you know, I feel like part of the way they were presenting him in the lead up to this is like that he might have some redemption arc. Hmm. But hmm. at the same time, he just seems he seems too square for that. So, um, I'm thinking that he finds himself crossing paths with that ISB agent somehow and finds a um he has an axe to grind against the one that came and laid down the law and so does she so he finds a way to like redeem himself in the eyes of the empire to make up for his you know blunder that was similar to my guess I think he so obviously they disbanded this blue shirts uh whatever private security and he he got fired so he went crawling back to his mom's house and he hasn't visited her in a long time and she was mad uh so he's gonna lick his wounds a little bit but i think he's gonna like still take this thing that he was investigating very personal and he saw cassian remember he had his gun to his head and he told him there's 12 no 14 of us whatever and then Mm -hmm. he knows cassian not only killed those first two people but now killed a bunch of his people that he took there on that mission. He, so not only does he have like a vendetta because he lost his job, he feels all this guilt. So I think he's hands. potentially yeah. going to keep kind of hunting Cassian on his own and keep pulling that Ooh. thread on his own. And then like Josh was saying, that's going to cross paths with this uh, blonde ISB agent whose name I don't know yet. Uh, Dedra. Dedra. Is that her name? It's Dedra. Okay. So, or Deidre, De- Dedra Miro. So I think their paths are going to intersect because they're 
unknowingly kind of working on this same project, you know, this same kind of mystery. Yeah. And then, uh, cause he's trying to get back into this military fold. I think he does seem like Josh said, he's like a total square. He's very straight laced. He's a very rule follower by the book. I think that's like, uh, like being an ISB agent's probably his wet dream. So, uh, I think he's <laughs> going to keep trying to pull that thread on his own and, and maybe the information he uncovers about Cassian is going to inform this information that she already has. And maybe the two of them are going to kind of put two and two together to make four. Gotcha. That's my guess. Yeah. We'll see. Not going the, uh, hot callous redemption arc route. Cause he is it. neither hot nor callous. I Although so. I mean, I get that's possible to be a good, to be a good, uh, mm-hmm. inside man. You gotta, gotta be believable, I guess. So it's possible. Maybe, yeah. maybe his sweet old mom who seemed nice. Maybe she's going to talk some sense into him. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, all right. Question two, how do we feel this week's mission is going to go here with this, uh, heist? Do we think it's going to be a rousing success? Do we think they might fail? Uh, what's the over under on how many of this crew we're losing in this mission? Two. Josh is saying two. One okay. dies, one turns. One turns causes the other one to die. Oh. Or one, you know, doesn't turn, but mm-hmm. is like revealed. they had a. The rebels had a spy in their midst. Yeah. Oh. I think okay. it might go worse than that. I think it's going to go real bad. Maybe Cassian's the only one that gets out. Uh, maybe Cassian and Vel both get out. Um, I think Vel definitely gets out. I think it's going to be not good. I do not have high hopes for this. One, it's like a bit of a suicide mission right out of the gate. But I also think we're going to establish that uh, the Rebels were taking licks. And this is a, mm-hmm. like a, the perfect uh, show for that. Because even in Rebels... They won a lot. Like they did even it's yeah. it's presented as as like uh Endor was or not Endor, sorry. Uh <laughs> Yavin was like one of the first major victories for the rebellion, but um we've never really seen them have a bunch of losses. So I think maybe yeah. this Andor, we might see him take some lumps. Obviously we know he gets yeah. out, but I think there's gonna be some some rough go of it through this series probably yeah i think the the loss is going to be how we get some more buy-in from him Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure because that's Mm -hmm. part of his story is we got to turn him into a true believer to go from this uh drop me off i don't even want to do the mission i'm just gonna run to aid uh me and jen are gonna Mm -hmm. sacrifice literally everything for the rebellion yeah good call um yeah, it, um, and then question three, and Kyle, you and I kind of discussed this a little bit last week. So Luthen carries around this very interesting retractable cane. Um, dude is uh, an antiquities dealer on Coruscant, knows his history, knows a lot about what he has in that room, casually carries around a very, very old kyber crystal. Uh, and we've seen the trailers with, a ship that looks uh, like his with some kind of lightsaber beam sticking out of the side of it, doing some kind of barrel roll and chopping through things. Do we think Luthen is potentially a Jedi in hiding or potentially just a force sensitive individual? Or 
just a guy that knows a lot about a lot because his ship is clearly modified uh, to the point where Cassian has not seen something like that before. And the ship is intelligent. Definitely had like an aftermarket um, hyperdrive, right? Upgrade. Yeah. Yep. uh, Uh, It did because they're not normally on ships that small. I'm going to say he's way more Batman than Superman. I think he's just super rich. I think he's got all the money. And uh, so he can afford to buy gadgets and buy information and buy whatever tech. Uh, Because to Mm -hmm. me, my guess, the way I'm reading it right now, is that he opened this antiquities shop, which, like, opening a store is one thing that's expensive, (laughs) but to open, like, an art and antiquities gallery that's like a whole other yeah, dude, like level on... of expensive right because one nobody's <laughs> ever going to buy that stuff and two like right. it's that's the most expensive inventory you can possibly have but i feel like this guy opened this store to facilitate his position in building this rebellion because it wouldn't make sense the other way if he if he had the shop first he wouldn't be wearing an alter ego costume to be the shop owner. The shop owner would be his personality and he would have an alter ego in there. You know what I'm saying? So like, obviously this came second because he created this character. So to be able to like, just set up this shop as a front for the, for meetings with senators and important people in Coruscant for the, like, You've got money to be throwing around. I'm talking <laughs> cash. Mu- and Boku bucks. Like, while we're talking about that, let's take a look at Mon Mothma's penthouse too. Like she's financing the rebellion Loaded. and living in that spot. She's got some cash too. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he. I don't expect to see any force users in this series at all. Uh, I think his superpower is cash i like that i like that batman (laughs) batman tony stark analogy he's just got a lot of cash but he's a normal dude josh what's uh what's your take kind of same thing or you think he's hiding something yeah i mean kyle i think really laid uh, hit the nail on the head there i i don't really have a whole lot to add to that i i think yeah i'm interested to see what what happens with him there's I'm I'm wondering where the where how is he wealthy, but uh, like where is the money coming from? I wonder um, if he's Chandrillan because it seems like they're very very wealthy. Like in like that might be a pretty wealthy planet, and maybe that's he and Mon Mothma's connection. Um, maybe. maybe she's financing yeah. his whole thing on the back end too. I don't even know, but uh, yeah, there's more to that story. Yeah. I think, and that's what makes it so intriguing with Luthen is is his backstory and what's going on there. That's the fun part, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's a Jedi, though, for sure. I don't. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to chip in for this week's episode? It was a fantastic episode. I enjoyed it. I liked it. This, I definitely. Uh, there's a lot going on that I want to know more about. I don't get the haters, the people who are like, uh, uh you know what I mean? Like, it's this, not Star Wars. Yeah. The complaints don't make sense to me. Why do you want every question answered no. in the first two episodes anyway? So I'm, I'm really enjoying <laughs> the ride. I think there's a lot of stuff that um, can be really interesting, and I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, agreed. Josh, anything else? Same. I'm, I'm just I'm so stoked that we're getting awesome 
new Star Wars content, and I don't understand why people have a problem with it either. Although anytime something is different, mm-hmm. or anytime something exists, I think this is a really nice bookend to um, the Bad Batch as well, because the Bad Batch were forming the Empire, and in Andor were forming the Rebellion, and we're gonna take down the Empire. And I think they're kind of nice little bookends. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Um. All right. I, you know, I've uh, I've enjoyed the the dialogue that's written in the show in the actors. Um. Just this was the most dialogue-heavy episode yet. Yeah, and it, very good portrayals of these characters. The dialogue's been outstanding. Um, and the scenery's been great. I love like the live sets. Like I love location stuff versus. Don't get me wrong. Location, I love Mando location, location. and I love the volume. But seeing stuff like in that grand, just raw natural state is 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 very very cool to see. Well, let's uh let's wrap this thing and uh we'll head on out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed our recap of episode and or episode four, which I believe was called Aldani. Um, And in case your meetings this week don't go as smoothly as an ISB meeting, go ahead and grab yourself uh, a big old jug of Mednog and sit down and listen to our recap. We'd love it if you did. Um, You can catch us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find us anywhere on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Outer and Beacon. You can email us, outerandbeacon at gmail.com. Uh, my name's Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where are they going to find you guys at? This is Josh. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. As always, get out there, do something Star Warsy this week, have some fun, and uh, stay away from anybody uh, named Perrin Furtha. Guy is a jerk. Yeah, Don't go worst. near him. He's the worst. I would go to his but dinner party, his... though. That's penthouse sweet. <laughs> hey, he said those people were fun. I don't know how blocking trade routes is fun, but sure, whatever. They don't feel guilty, so no. they probably are no, having a good time. apparently not. <laughs> don't knock it till you try it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That's my weekend plans now. I'm going to go block some trade routes. Thanks, Josh. I'll try anything once. <laughs> All right, everybody. As always, may the force be with you. Always. Cassie and Ander. Oh, I hate it when he says it that way. <laughs>